six years ago, my anxiety was so bad. I don't, I don't know if I was able to go to movie theaters. I was afraid of crowds. And so I said, I'll never go to Dreamforce because of the crowds. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. I'll never, never, never. And, and slowly but surely, I started challenging myself to do one thing at a time, you know, go, go to a movie theater, even if you're gonna, you're gonna show up late and leave early so that you, you don't have the crowd of people moving. Just go, go with a friend. Miranda was, was absolutely life-changing in convincing me to go to Dreamforce because I knew that she would be by my side. And if I started panicking or I started getting scared or nervous or having an anxiety attack, she would be there. And so reaching out to other people and just admitting what you're afraid of, that is probably my, my biggest piece of advice. What's happening, gang? This is your host, Ankit, and you're listening to the Forcepreneur Podcast. On this show, I talk to founders of profitable Salesforce companies and try to get a sense of what it is to be an entrepreneur in Salesforce Cosmos. How did it all start? And how was the journey until now? How do they make decisions both in professional and personal life? Our goal here is to learn from their examples so that the rest of us can go on and build their own profitable Salesforce businesses. This is a Pride special. If you don't know about Pride, if you are in one of those countries which still doesn't know, then I highly recommend you to Google it, go on YouTube, check it out for the LGBTQIA community. For this special episode, I have an equally colorful guest. Not only are they from a LGBTQIA community, but they started a Salesforce consulting business called IT Equality. The name says it all. IT Quality is a LGBT business enterprise and a federally recognized diversity supplier. So without any further ado, let's welcome Ashley. Hello, Ashley. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me here. So IT Quality, you have been there for four years now. How did you come up with the idea? Oh, so originally, um, when I was first getting started in the Salesforce ecosystem, I was working for another person that was a startup. I was the the third employee um, next to the founder. And I thought to myself, you know, someday I really want to be in charge. You know, I've, I've, I guess I've always had a rebellious streak. I've always questioned authority. And so I thought to myself, you know, if I was the boss, I, I would do things differently. I, I wouldn't do this or I would do this. And um, over the course of my career, I think I, I always had that goal in mind since day one working for that startup. I thought, you know, someday I'm going to have my own startup. Someday I'm going to have my own consulting company. I told coworkers when I was working at Auto Trader. I told my boss when I was working at Verizon. People would say, you know, where do you want to go in, in your future? What do you want? And I would always say I want to have my own company someday. And so about five years after I entered the ecosystem, I started my own company. Five years after the ecosystem. So that was pretty early. Were you ready for the jump? I don't think anything can get you ready for that jump. (laughs) Uh, Some of the best advice that I ever had was that starting a company is a lot like having children. Nothing you can do, nothing you can read is ever going to prepare you. So whether you start early or you start later on, I don't think anything really, really can prepare you other than just jumping in and doing it. Right. So IT quality, I mean, 
tell us a little about what does it do and what are the values and how did you come up with that name? Yeah, uh, the name is a is a really fun story. I'll give you some detail on that. Originally, I wanted the company to be called Smart Friends Consulting because I had this idea of I, I wanted to be your smart friend in the cloud, and I thought that it was it made so much sense. You know, I'm I'm one of those people that a lot of times other others will will you know when I was working in house, they would come over to my cubicle and they would say, "Oh, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that?" Um, I was always, you know, the the smart friend in the group. My whole life, I've always been the smart friend in the group. People would ask me for help with their math homework, and so I thought that that was a great name. And then, and then I had a a, a really well respected mentor tell me, you know, Ashley, no one wants to hire a friend. You know, they want to hire an expert. They want to hire somebody who's, you know, who sounds well educated, not not a friend. And I thought, oh, all right, all right, all right. What could I do? What could I do? And so I kept thinking on the smart friend idea and I came up with um, wise ami, like mon ami or my amigo, like wise friend. And I thought, oh, that's, you know, wise ami, that's that's a, a name where it sparks the question of, oh, why why is that the name and so on. So I went with that and I actually filed my paperwork under the name wise ami and then just day after day after day, meeting after meeting after meeting, people kept saying, oh, so who's Amy? Who's Amy? Are you Amy? Is your name Amy? Uh, do, you, do you have a cat named Amy? Do you have a friend named Amy? Why is Amy? And I thought, oh my God, nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. And so I was I was angry and I was on my ride, the ride home from a, a what was it? A, a Chamber of Commerce meeting, the Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. I went with my, at the time, co-founder, Miranda, Miranda Raglan, and, um, and I was like, Miranda, we need, we need a different name. Like we need a different name right now. Like when we get home, when we walk in the door, I need to have a different company name. And so we were in the car and it's a pretty long drive. It's at least an hour from Los Angeles to where we lived in Orange County. And, and I was like, you know, I want something that's like, you know, you're an idealist, you're, you're driving equality, you're, you know, you value inclusion, you value, and we're like, you know, IT, IT, you know, idealist, IT, and I'm a huge fan of idealist consulting, which is another Salesforce consulting company in the Salesforce ecosystem that focuses on nonprofits. So idealist kept coming into my head and I was like, I can't just be idealist consulting as much as I would love to. Um, and, and so one of the names we came up with was it equality. And I went to hover.com to see if the name was available and it was, and I locked in the hover name and I couldn't think of anything else that was more representative of the company name, but we're now IT Equality, and we have been since I believe 2017. We were only Wise and Me for you know six months, and the amount of paperwork that I have had to do to change the company name is monstrous. If you are ever going to change a company name, it almost would have made more sense to just start a new company instead of doing business as. It has been a tax and a legal nightmare trying to get the paperwork. We still, to this day, have customers that pay us under Wise and Me. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a very important story to think about. That that's a very good lesson to take that, you know, you should always decide your name first. Like me and my co-founder, we all we wanted to call our company Skill Proof about with like the German U. So it's P-R-U-F or U-F. And everybody was calling it Skill Proof. And we wanted to give it like this German touch because we were very proud of our, you know, of our German heritage. I mean, I'm Indian, but I'm also like one third German now. So um, yeah, so so I think it's also important to because then the name also becomes your brand. So uh, why is in me? Was it always an LGBT enterprise, or or uh, or that happened after IT quality? Yeah, that that's a really good question, and that very much happened afterwards. So I was originally when I was first getting started. Um, I reached out to a lot of respected mentors and colleagues and people in the ecosystem and in different groups, chamber of commerce groups, women's networking groups. I reached out to all different kinds of people and I said, do you think I should be out as a business owner? And everyone unanimously said, no, they said, no, Um, you should not be out. You're going to drive away customers. You're going to alienate people. I had one person that went so far as, as to tell me, unless you're going to be a sex worker, you don't need to be out as a business owner. There's there's no reason for anyone to know. And with that advice, I originally decided that I wasn't going to be out as a business owner. Um, it was hard enough for me to come out of the closet personally. That was a, a story in and of itself. And so to then be out as a business owner, I wanted to be successful. I didn't I didn't think that I was going to be able to be successful and also be out as a business owner until I went to Trailhead DX in 2018, or maybe it was 2017. And I saw Mary Scotton, who's an evangelist with Salesforce, get on stage and say, hi, my name's Mary. I'm a lesbian. We're going to talk about equality. And the way that she just, you know, it just rolled off her tongue. Like she was just, you know, introducing her name. And she, she said that. I thought to myself, okay, I can be successful in this ecosystem as an out business owner. And and that's when I really made the decision to be out as a business owner. So when you say you gain, you know, when you say that you want to be out with your customers, you mean, you know, talking about your identity or who you are. That's what you mean, right? And I don't think in IT that would have played a bigger role. I mean, I mean, why would you say or why would your friend think that, you know, I mean, because as IT, your work is to deliver the work and it doesn't matter who you are, right? Would you still think that, did that play a role? Yeah, that's a very good point. Did that, do you think that some customers ran away from you because you said, hey, we are an LGBT um, um, company? Yeah, actually, I do believe we've had customers um, that didn't want to work with us because we were very publicly LGBT and and you're you're right in that in the day-to-day work it doesn't matter at all you know when somebody comes to me and says hey this is a broken dashboard i need some reports uh, can you set up my cpq me being lesbian has nothing to do with it you know i i have the knowledge i have the certifications i have 10 years of experience um i can i can get the job done but on my website, you know, it says that I'm I'm an LGBT supplier through the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. So if somebody cares to really look into who I am and the fact that I I am a diversity supplier and and decide that that's not for them, 
it's it's not something I'm hiding. And I think that's really the the distinguishing factor is that me being out as a business owner means that I'm not covering up the fact that when I have a an anniversary, um, my anniversary is not with a man. My anniversary is with another another woman or non-binary person, you know? Right. Um, it's it's about not hiding, I feel. Right. Well, you know what? I've never cursed on this podcast, but we are in Germany and, you know, I want to say fuck those people. So if they <laughs> don't want to business, do business with you, fuck them. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and- yeah. 100%. That's, that is, that is something I, I embody as well, because, you know, the fact is, and I told myself this early in my career, I said, you know, if somebody's not going to work with me because I'm gay, they're probably not going to want to work with me because I was born a woman or because, you know, my mom's first language was Spanish. I'm, you know, half Portuguese. She learned Spanish, long story. But, um, but you know, they're going to find a reason to discriminate one way or another, because if somebody's going to be hateful, they're going to be hateful no matter what. If it's, if it's not being gay, it's going to be something else because that's, that's just who some people are. And, We've had people who have said, oh, you know, your your values don't align with ours. So we went with another supplier. And and, you know, that's a, a very, uh, a very polished way of saying you're you're too queer for us, in my opinion. I mean, maybe what were our values that didn't align? Were we too accepting of diverse people? Did we hire people who sometimes don't have college degrees? There, That's that's something, you know, we give give everybody a chance so uh whatever whatever they didn't you know they weren't interested then that's that we've also had aes that sometimes um inexplicably do not want to work with us they've said oh you had um you had customers that were mad at at your services and i said okay which customers were those because i'd really like to correct that and they named names and i said you know those customers gave us five star reviews on the app exchange i can't imagine they would have said otherwise to you um but they just never call us back and so there have been challenges but on the flip side i've received emails from people in the ecosystem who have said you know your company being as 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 out as you are is such a huge inspiration. If I ever have Salesforce work, I want I want to work with you no matter what. I've, I had one person pick up the phone, call us and say, I have a budget of this many dollars and I want to spend it with your company. And I said, well, what what kind of work do you want? And, and he said, I, I don't even care. Like I will find wow. work that you can do because your values so deeply align with my own. Um, so I mean, for every one person out there that's going to say, you know, your values don't align with us. There's got to be another five people out there that are so grateful to see somebody that's just, just simply not hiding their identity, you know? So it's, it's a, there's two sides to that coin. So following on the people who said that you are too queer, I think they have not been to a drag show because they don't know what queer really is. <laughs> so they should probably go to a drag show. Like we here in Berlin have a bar and when everything was good on Tuesdays, there's like there's like a drag night and it's all donation basis. And it goes to like all the young people who have like, you know, who are out from the house because parents are not accepting their identity or they are different, you know, to to help them for education. And they are of young 
kids or teenagers who are there but man they know how to dress like like wow you're i'm like i don't know how much effort you do and how are you wearing those heels but yeah yeah right so um yeah coming back to um it equality so it's a salesforce consulting shop as i believe and you do normal salesforce implementations do you have any uh, specialization or like like how are you focusing on it quality like do, do you have certain industry which you go after or how are your customers like yeah we we certainly have uh, specialties so since day one we've been a cpq partner cpq implementation go-to cpq is something that i learned in ooh, 2013 i think it was 2013 back when it was called quote quickly before salesforce acquired it and I happen to have that industry experience from before I started IT Equality. After I started IT Equality, somebody somewhere in Salesforce found out that I knew CPQ really well. So we started getting almost exclusively CPQ deals. But I also have a strong background in nonprofits because I used to work at Idealist Consulting, which is why I love them so much. And we also started working with nonprofits pretty heavily um, one of my favorite nonprofits that we worked with was the It Gets Better project that is also striving to help LGBT children to know that it does get better. Nice. And um, how would you say is Salesforce ecosystem for starting like a LGBT business? I don't know if anybody else owns it, Miranda, but I mean, you both are like same peas in a pod or one peas in a pod. Is that the right way? Am I saying it right? Yeah, Miranda and I are very, very close friends. Um, and she has uh, M7 Unlimited, which actually branched off from IT Equality. We right. started IT Equality together, and then she went her way with development, and I went my way with CPQ and consulting on the admin focus. But we still work very closely together, um, and we're still very close. We, we post pictures of our kids and the group of us all the time. Right. Um, for all the listeners, if you haven't already, Miranda was on the show last time on the same topic in the same time period. So July 2020, and you would find Miranda. Nice. So IT quality, tell me about your team, because I've seen this Eric Dreshfield picture, by the way, shout out to Eric for hooking us up. Mm -hmm. um, um, this picture by you and your team. And I've never seen a company picture so colorful and so different. Like, you know, when you have company pictures, it's like suits or yeah. t-shirts but like matching t-shirts and here you have miranda in the red i don't know you had blue hair that time i don't know <laughs> but you had a different hair color and then there's someone else with like a bow tie you know and everybody it's like like it's it's a it's a bunch of misfits may i say that can i say that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so yeah. tell us about your team at it quality and like how big is your team and i know this is Maybe not, this is not a dumb question, but you don't need to be LGBT to be part of IT quality, but mostly you attract that talent, right? Yeah, yeah, that's not a dumb question at all. Um, so we we definitely are a bit of a, a motley crew. <laughs> um, there's there's a, a wide variety of people in the company, and that's one of the things that it just warms my heart. Um, we've managed to recruit from a variety of maybe non-traditional places. And honestly, if you go to our team um, about us or our, our team webpage on, on the, you know, our the IT quality website, 
you'll see uh, just headshots of the group. And then you'll also see our, uh, what we've called our, oh gosh, what's it called? It's like our, our alum page of former employees. Um, and, and then where we hired people from. So we have hired people from Pep Up Tech. We've hired people from Trans Tech Social. There are interns that we've had through Climb Hire. The, some of our employees, if you read their little, um, there's a click, you can click to see their, their little biography of what they were doing before IT quality. One of our employees, I literally met in a, in a Starbucks drive through and she was just absolutely kind and compassionate. And, and I said, look, if, if I can ever do anything for you, please, please reach out. And she said, you can't do anything for me. But my roommate, on the other hand, was starting to learn to code and didn't really finish the coding program. She's really good with computers. Maybe she could work for you. And she's been working with me for more than two years now. So, so we just we managed to recruit people from all over. Nice. And how big is your team now? Currently, we're smaller than we were. We're half the size that we were during the middle of COVID. So there's eight of us at the moment. But last year, we had upwards of 16 people. And COVID impacted us really, really severely. Right. I heard about that from Eric. Do you want to talk about how you steered that? Um, I can try. So um one of the things that was really difficult for us was in 2019, almost all of our leads were coming directly from Salesforce. And that was incredible. We grew so fast and we were the go-to for CPQ and we had a lot of, of CPQ business coming in. But at the beginning of 2020, we all of a sudden stopped getting those leads from Salesforce. I think there was somebody somewhere on a team that decided that they didn't want to keep working with us and that's okay. Um, but the entire team was impacted and we stopped getting leads from all of the main AEs that we were working with because we were we, we had all of our eggs in one basket, so to speak, with this one team. And so trying to get business from other teams was was really hard. It was like starting the company all over again. But with enough perseverance and, and trying and not giving up, we did manage to get in with some new teams and we've been rebuilding our success from there. Um, but it was, it was really difficult. Kudos to you and more power to you. I think this is one of the aspects of Salesforce business, which is not talked about that you are until you are that big, you know, like an Accenture or a Deloitte and you have like a team of salespeople running around like your own sales team. It's very important to have that kind of relationship with the AEs. I mean, on the second episode of this podcast, I spoke to Mr. Shell Black of Mr. Shellblack.com. And he said most of his time that he spends right now is basically nourishing those relationships with AEs. So he's like, you know, hitting the New York office, then he's flying and then he's in Denver office and then he's flying and then he's in, he's, he is from Texas and then he's in San Francisco. And that's what his week is all about where he's nourishing those relationships with AEs, you know. And um, 
And even here in Berlin, I've seen like most of the business that the first business that happened is through those AEs be like no matter like, you know, because the customer is buying from Salesforce. So anybody who's listening, see the customer buys from Salesforce and then the AE kind of guides them to one of the partners. So you are at the mercy of the AE if you want to call it that way, you know, but uh, but they have a job to do, which is basically to, you know, give the right partner to the customer depending upon the credentials of your delivery. Hello, dear listeners. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this and all other episodes. I really appreciate it. As I mentioned before, we are looking for a sponsor now. So here is some information about how Forcepreneur can help you promote your product or services. Forcepreneur is Salesforce's first and only podcast focused on the business side of Salesforce ecosystem. We love the Salesforce technology, but we also love the economics of running a company. In the first year, I just interviewed founders. This year, I have started doing mini-series which focus on certain type or aspect of running a company, such as what does an ISV do or what is operations. There is an upcoming PDO series. Since we are not bound to a job role, our listeners include everyone. I mean developers, admin, consultant, analyst, architects, and of course, founders of Salesforce companies. We average around 1000 listens per month. Majority of our plays come from United States, followed by Germany slash EMEA. But we have listeners all across the globe, including Africa, to my surprise. There's also a problem in the ecosystem, hidden barriers, lack of female and non-binary representation. To overcome this, at least half of our episodes are from non-straight males, those that have particularly overcome the odds and can help broaden our perspective. By advertising with us, you support diversity and entrepreneurship in the ecosystem. So if you or your company or your employer have an app or a product or a service that you think can benefit with a little more reach, then I would urge you to get in contact with us. So go to forcepreneur.com forward slash sponsor to learn more about how we can help you promote your product or service and get in touch with us for more information. Thank you. And now enjoy the rest of the episode. So I heard with, when you were talking in the beginning, like there's this gay and lesbian chamber of commerce, correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. Um, and so there seems to be a very good uh, support system for people from, you know, from, from the community, you know, from the LGBTQIA plus community. Can you throw some light on that? Like if somebody is in this community, how can they benefit these support systems? What are these support systems and how can they benefit from that? Because I think you seem to have a good hang of it right now. Oh, thank you. Um, certainly put effort into identifying those pathways. Um, yeah. So the first thing would be to go to go online and find your nearest LGBT chamber of commerce. There are multiple. So the, the three that are closest to me, there's one in San Diego, there's one in Long Beach and there's one in Los Angeles. So you can find where's your local LGBT chamber of commerce. And then they usually have mixers and you can meet other LGBT business owners. They'll have people who present. And in the Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce specifically, they do a lot of work with educating you on how you can work with the city of Los Angeles as a diversity supplier. And they also really advocate you to 
work with the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, which is across the United States. And the National Chamber of Commerce is the one that does certifications for diversity suppliers. So if you want to be recognized as a diversity supplier, you go through that process. And I have gone through that process. In addition to that, specific to the Salesforce ecosystem, there are a few events that are and, and groups that are really, really helpful. Um, Lesbians Who Tech, if, if you identify as a lesbian, um, Lesbians Who Tech is, is a really great group. They have summits twice a year. And it's Salesforce has a pretty big presence inside of Lesbians Who Tech, which is incredible. Um, also, there are multiple user groups on, or what are they called now, trailblazer groups on the partner trailblazer community, as well as the, the public-facing trailblazer community. On the partner community. Mm-hmm. That's surprising. Nice. Nice. I it's, didn't expect that. It's relatively new on the partner community. I I wow. had started a group several years back, but recently Mania Moore from inside of Salesforce has started um, a more Salesforce official group. And that group is for anybody and everybody who's interested in knowing about the upcoming events within the partner ecosystem equality. Then underneath that group, there are three other groups. There's a group for Black entrepreneurs. There's a group for women entrepreneurs. And there's a group for Latinx entrepreneurs. So those three groups are being run by different um, different leaders. And then Mania Moore um, heads up the the everyone group and and yeah so I've retired my group that I started back in 2017 because we didn't have anything like this back then but now we do so I'm really happy that they're running with that now nice interesting so how has the ecosystem supported you like um have you received like you go to these meetings because um, a lot of people skip these meetings because they think it's a waste of time. Why should I spend my evening over there? For me, like I also co-lead the Berlin Developer User Group. And um, for me, I mean, basically, it's a way for me to one just go once a month and nerd it out. Like I'm with my tribe and, you know, I can talk about Apex or whatever and, you know, like that. But also through this, I'm also a freelancer through this networking and talking and discussions. I have also received business. I didn't want to grow. I want to be like a one person army and I'm not taking more work. But if I wanted to, I had the opportunity. So tell us, a, like, I know you're deeply involved in the Ohana especially with Eric, and you have a lot of friends. Um, Tell us the importance of the Ohana and how it can be important for, you know, growth of business. Yeah, um, I am a co-lead for the local nonprofit user group, and I have been since early 2018. And I've, I've, met an employee through the nonprofit user group. That was, that was an interesting experience. So I had some success there. As far as business, I don't, I don't see much business. There was one customer that I, I got through word of mouth. There was a, another user group leader who mentioned, oh, you know, Ashley knows CPQ. So I was referred that way. But for the most part, the user group is really just uh, an opportunity to, to just pay it forward because there's so much that I've got in my life due to just accidentally stumbling into Salesforce. 
that I, I like to take opportunities just to pay it forward. And so I feel like that's really what I've, I've gotten out of it. Um, before I started IT equality, just, I would present at the local user groups before I was ever a user group leader. And I would do presentations mostly on reports and dashboards. I really love analytics. And that was just almost life-changing for me. I think it was life-changing because I was such an introvert. I was really afraid to speak in front of a group of people. And as a business owner, I have to speak in front of groups of people almost every day. (laughs) So, so that was like a stepping stone for me to get to where I am today in terms of just being able to, to present publicly like that. Right. Well, that's a very good point. Let's stay on that. So an introvert founder, you know, as a founder, you're supposed to have that communication skills and, you know, you need to be like a salesperson all in all. I mean, literally you're selling yourself most, mm-hmm. more of, most of the time. It's just an idea and the belief, you know. So how did you bring about that change? Like, like you know, being an introvert, like what steps did you take or courses or books? I don't, please tell us. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I could talk for a hundred hours about this. <laughs> um, so, oh gosh, where do I start? Um, okay. But so let's say if there are some young people who are looking for advice, how, how to start their business and they're introverts or they're still in the closet or maybe out, but not yet out, you know, and they are like, they have hiccups like yours or second thoughts. What would you tell uh, a five or six year old sorry five or six year younger Ashley yeah I would I would just say to keep doing the things that scare you I know that's a little cliche but for me you know my my anxiety was so bad I mean six years ago my anxiety was so bad I don't I don't know if I was able to go to movie theaters I was afraid of crowds And so I said, I'll never go to Dreamforce because of the crowds. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. I'll never, never, never. And and slowly but surely, I started challenging myself to do one thing at a time. You know, go go to a movie theater, even if you're gonna you're gonna show up late and leave early, so that you you don't have the crowd of people moving. Just go go with a friend. Miranda was was absolutely life changing in convincing me to go to Dreamforce because I knew that she would be by my side. And if I started panicking or I started getting scared or nervous or having an anxiety attack, she would be there. And so reaching out to other people and just admitting what you're afraid of, that is probably my my biggest piece of advice. And um, also about, like you mentioned before, just doing it Uh, Like, I think starting a company is not just about, you know, this is the one hurdle, also the financials and everything. How did you plan that? Like you had some savings? (laughs) Not enough. Um, (laughs) They're never enough. (laughs) I started my company at the same time that I was divorcing my ex-husband because I had come out of the closet. So during that divorce, our finances were already absolutely upside down because we did everything 50 50 there's there's no no sending money to each other spousal support no child support we didn't do any of that the kids 50 50 the house 50 50 the cars 50 50 banks 50 50 so at the end of that after all of the financial upside down um i had i think i had thirty thousand dollars in my bank and 
my whole life was already upside down. The company I was working for had just been bought by Verizon and my manager was being changed on me. I had come out of the closet. I was going through a divorce. I think that basically this shit hit the fan and I was like, how could this possibly get any worse? And I said, if I'm going to start a company, I could just do it now. I mean, I've already, you know, gone through all the financial nightmares. I didn't have any furniture in my house. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I was like, basically like, I just said, fuck it. And, and I, um, was offered a contract working through K2 partners. I was subcontracting direct for Salesforce for a three month job. And the three month job was going to be $10,000 a month until the next three months. And I said, look, at the end of these three months, at the end of the summer, when the kids go back to school, if I haven't found a customer of my own, I'll get another day job. I'll just, you know, uh, that's what I'll do. And it was my birthday. I was turning 30. I didn't have any customers. I was crying. I was at the bottom of a bottle of wine. I was on the sofa by myself because I pushed everyone away. And and then I sent my my old manager a message and I said, hey, do you think I could get a, a job working where you're working now? And and he was like, let me let me look into that. And and then the next, I want to say the next day or maybe a couple days later, I finally landed my first customer. By some nice. miracle, I got a customer. It was only a thousand dollars, but it was my first logo that I landed by myself. So perseverance. <laughs> Nice. So to close it up, what have been your top three challenges running a Salesforce business and how did you overcome them? Yeah, top top three. There have been a lot of challenges. And I think for me, the top three challenges, there are professional challenges and then there are personal challenges. So Landing that first customer, I think, was the the biggest professional challenge that I had. And that was just sticking with it. And just it just takes grit. Paying the bills has been a huge challenge. Don't be afraid to take loans. And finding talent is also a huge, cha- a huge challenge. And for that, I've managed to hire people with zero prior experience and train them from the ground up. And I've had a lot of success doing that, which I think is something a lot of people are afraid to take on. Um, non-standard challenges, I would say it would be high, hiring and, and then training those resources. That can be a challenge. Being able to keep your cool when you're being challenged is, is, a, that is a challenge in and of itself. And then also... Um, just keeping your own vices. Everybody has to have an escape. Everybody has to have a vice. And originally for me, that vice was drinking, but I've been sober for more than a year and I found other vices. So those are sort of challenges that I had that were not exactly, they're, they're more personal challenges, but that factors into work. Hey, kudos to you to talk about that and to be honest about it. And yeah, more power to you on that. 
I went to some anonymous group sometimes too. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is a business podcast. Um, right. But yeah, but we all have our vices, you know, and sometimes it takes a toll on you and then you go into other stuff and that's life. But there, there's help around this. So if you are in one of those, I can highly recommend to going to your nearest anonymous group for whatever the 12 step program really, really work. I can attest to that. Right. So any entrepreneurs you look up to for inspiration? Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. I would not be here without mentors. Um, early in my career, I got hired at Idealist Consulting and I had just gotten out of a very bad work situation. And I was in the interview process and he said, well, how much, how much do you want me to pay you? And I was like, well, I was, I was making 15 at my last job, 15 an hour. Um, I'd really like to make 20. And he said to me, and I swear we were over the phone, but it felt like he looked me in the eyes. He said, Ashley, you're a certified admin with a year of consulting experience and you can code. I can't pay you less than $35. And like that changed my life. That changed my life. I was like, you're willing to pay me more than I asked for 20 and you told me that I was worth 35. Like that changed my life. And so, yeah, Rob Jordan from Idealist Consulting, he's the CEO over there. Um, heart of gold. I will love him until the end of the world. Um, also other mentors that I had were from different companies. Uh, Tyler Cobbett got on the phone with me before my sales cloud certification. And he was like answering questions because I said, I don't know what this is. What's waterfall? What's agile? I didn't learn this in college. I was a math major. And he's like, look, it's okay. These are business terms. Like you learn them over time. Let me talk you through them. And then I passed that certification. And so that was, that was huge for me. Um, There are definitely others. Tim Lockie from Now It Matters. He's been just incredible. We were at Force Landia and he was like, well, why don't you, you know, pull up your QuickBooks and like, let's just see how things are going. And, and just like the level of candidness and just transparency and being able to just like shoot the shit and be treated like, like an equal, even though I was still just like barely up and coming. Um, I love that. Just the, just no bullshit approach. It's what people need. Like you can't have things sugarcoated. And you cannot have two or three versions of yourself. You know, it's very important. Like for me, it's very hard to have different versions of me. And sometimes that's very hard because I am very honest and blunt. So yeah, it's, I love no bullshit people too. And I'm also a big believer in this mentor-mentee relationship. I think it's it's very important and I am not afraid to look up to people and I even go to them and I also have a paid coach. I pay someone to, you know, to keep me sometimes on track or, you know, like answering business questions or that. So, yeah, it's very important and I'm I'm glad that you met some people in your life that made that difference. All right. Do you read any books that you would recommend to our listeners? I I read for pleasure, not for business. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge Anne Rice fan. I love Anne Rice. I have since I was a child. But I did read some business books when I was first getting started. The first book that I got, it's funny, I got How to Start a Business for Dummies. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I did because I, I didn't know where to start. I didn't, I didn't never ran a company before. So and I kind of skimmed through that. And then I picked up another book that um, Tim Lockie from Now It Matters recommended. There were two different books and I I kind of, I read through those and I thought to myself, like, 
none of this fits me. Like me as a business owner, I'm, I'm more like a nonprofit than a for-profit because of my own values and my own just philosophy in life. We, we historically don't make profits. We give back all of our profits to our employees. Like to this day, over the last four years, there haven't been actual profits. Like I've paid myself year over year, less than I was making before I started the company. And, and on the one hand, you know, that's growth, but on the other hand, it's just, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, or maybe even at all, because like my goal isn't, isn't to get rich. My goal is to help other people get out of like struggles like I had. So it makes us a little different. And business books are typically make money, make money, make money. And I'm like, give back, give back, give back. Awesome. Yeah, you're more awesome than I thought. Um, and, and that's how it should be. You should, I think you should write a book about it if you can. I mean, if you have the time, there's a book in, yeah. I see in you, you know, and about your experiences. I am actually, I took a creative writing class last semester. I'm, I'm in school too, in addition to running the company and everything. Um, wow. I'm taking, I'm working on getting an accounting AA because I have a bachelor's degree in mathematics, but I don't know much about accounting and to integrate QuickBooks and CPQ better. I wanted to know more accounting. So I'm getting an accounting AA, but also, um, I took a creative writing class because other people said I should write a book. And so I've written like little chapters here and there. Um, and maybe someday I'll be brave enough to actually publish it. Yeah, well, make it soon, make it a priority and sue it all together. Well, Ashley, it has been amazing talking to you. And, you know, I've learned so much and more power to you. And I hope there are other people from the community, from the LGBTQIA plus or any other community. If you're thinking about starting a business, you should do it. It doesn't matter where you come from. And as we said before, if there's somebody, you know, who doesn't want to do business with you from who you are, well, fuck them. There's enough work. There are enough people to give you work for who you are. You know, do you have any closing notes, Ashley? Um, I would just say more than anything else, pay it forward. Just keep paying it forward. That is definitely my my personal belief is to be that person that you needed when you were a kid and keep paying it forward. Nice. How do people get in touch with you if they want to do business or just get feedback or anything? What are the ways? You can go to my company website, itequality.com. There's a contact us button on almost every page. So that's one way that you can get in touch with me as a, as a business. Also on social media, my handle is a nerd, N-R-R-D, girl, G-R-R-L. So you can at me at that handle on uh, both Twitter and I believe Instagram. And, um, and then LinkedIn, you can find me if you type in my first name, last name, or my company, um, plus the word Salesforce somewhere in there, you'll get it because there, there are 10 million Ashley Allens. Um, really? but yeah, you can find me there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the John Smith of names. Now, before we finish, we have a quick rapid fire round just to know a little bit more personal of your site. So are okay. you ready? All right. Tea or coffee? Tea. Windows or Mac? Mac. Ebooks or hard copy? Hard copy. Are you a morning person or a night person? Morning. Then your choice of morning routine, 
yoga, meditation, jogging, workout, journaling? Journaling. If you could beam yourself to one place, where would it be? Saturn. If you had a time machine, would you like to travel in the past or in the future? Future. If you hit a 10 million jackpot, what will you do? I know. <laughs> I would start my cafe. I want to start a cafe for at-risk children like myself. Right. Which city do you like to travel to for business? Oh, I haven't been there yet, but Japan. I want to go to Japan. High five. Yeah. 2022, I'm coming. Yes. Uh, what's the most crazy thing that you've seen in an org that outraged you? Oh, I saw an org with like 500 workflow rules <laughs> back before Process Builder existed. And I had to decode them. I had to figure out what each one did. <laughs> what is the best thing that you've seen in an org? One time Miranda designed this way that you could pull in Tableau inside of the homepage for an org. And the way that she did it was absolutely beautiful. It had like individual user settings. So it was dynamic. That was gorgeous. Perfect. Best Dreamforce and why? 2016. Because it was my first one. I hadn't started my business yet. So I got to enjoy it as a participant. And it was right when Miranda and I were first dating. And so it was like a personal trip and a work trip. That, and it was the first time I held hands with her in public. I was in the closet. So it was the first time being out of the closet in public. That was incredible. Oh, romantic. And San Francisco <laughs> is like the perfect city for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last question. Can Apple be dethroned? Yes. All right. Very positive. Thank you, Ashley. That was your time. It was amazing talking to you. Happy Pride. And I hope to see you sometime soon in person. Yes, that would be incredible. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for now, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this conversation, then you can also check out other episodes if you haven't done that already. If you have suggestions for a guest or a series, then please let me know and I would be more than happy to incorporate that. Please leave us a review on iTunes and share the podcast on your social media channels. Remember, sharing is caring. This is your host Ankit signing out. Bye-bye.